Hello. Hello. Welcome back to Industry Tactics. I'm here with my friends Karen Ng and Scott Thompson from the Guelph Jazz Festival. Um, delighted to be a part of your festival, your fine festival this year. And I, I, it, it must, it, as we get into it, it, it looks and feels different this year, obviously, with last year's festival being canceled. You wrote an important paper, COVID-19 and the creative music ecology. Was that, that late last year that came out? Um, when did it come out? We wrote it last summer. We wrote yeah. it in July of 2020 at a okay. point when we were just starting to reckon with the fact that not only was our festival going to be canceled, but we'd be going without live music for quite some time. Yeah. It definitely captured the, the tone of, of us <laughs> being in it. You know, there was no, the, the thing that revealed it was that like, when we have a vaccine, right. you know, there, was, there was one little point there that I was like, yeah. Um, that it definitely captured that spirit that we were all in. And um, I, I don't know, I just love to talk with you about about that paper. I think it captures a lot of, of the the philosophy that you've been trying to kind of or, or, or just learn about from each of you, what you stand for, what you stood for at that time, as we've been trying to figure this out. One thing that came out from me was that quote where you kind of say that the principal reason we got into all of this was people, right? And, and relationships. And that kind of has felt we've, we've had to work really hard on, on that piece alone, but um, I don't know. Do you want to, do you want to, um, if you can briefly just kind of talk about that, that essay and, and what you've learned over the last 18 months of being in this? Hmm. How, how to distill that essay? Yeah. Um, well, the, in the title, there's the word ecology, and in an ecological structure, there are different components that complement each other to make the system function as a whole. So, in in creative music, we were conceiving of, you know, some people are really good at um, composing. And some people are really good at improvising and some people are really good at presenting and some people are really good at recording and some people are really good at running a record label mm -hmm. and et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And some people are good at a bunch of things and some people are special, highly specialized. Um, yeah. The scene, the field is, is good and healthy when all these different people can contribute in the different ways to, to serve the music and to help each other. And it just seemed to us when we were talking through the, the conditions of early pandemic days that the, that ecology had been flattened and everybody was sort of falling back to basic resources that were available to them, which had a lot to do with live stream technology and connecting to each other uh, digitally. And we were questioning... Um, Not questioning, we, we were analyzing, we were assessing mm -hmm. uh, what good that kind of flattening, flattened relation, set of relationships um, offers us. Mm -hmm. And 
thinking about how we wanted to engage with it or not engage with it as the case may be. I love that word fl- flattening that kind of came out. Like it, it felt like, I mean, the, the, we're, we're, we're all connecting right now on zoom. It feels very, um, yeah, like a dimension is missing, right? From the, the, a, a big dimension. So I saw some of the, it, we're on the industry tactics podcast here. I saw some of the tactics that you chose <laughs> as, as wise programmers, not necessarily. And, and it, I, I also like the way you kind of kept it professional and weren't necessary. You were bold in your stance, but it's not to say that don't live stream. It's just that you weren't as interested in live streaming. You were interested in doing things like this one-on-one series mm. or more recently arborienteering where it's like rethinking it coming at it. What I see of, out of all of this is coming out of this pandemic stronger than we went in. So you're, you're building muscles and, uh, and, and a different approaches in programming and live music and development that you may not have done otherwise, you know, this, so I don't know if you could talk a little bit about that. Um, it, as, as programmers, um, we want to serve the music as best we can. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the music and the musicians are, very important to us and it's why we've been we've invested so much of our time effort imagination and love into the project Mm. Uh, live stream presentations are are okay but Mm. i think they need to be um identified uh for what they actually are which is recordings um and as musicians you rich you karen me scott we all have a long track record of no pun intended, of making records mm-hmm. um, on CD, on Bandcamp or whatever. But we invest a lot of time and energy and money to do those well. And we engage, again, to speak to this idea of the ecology, we engage really good recording engineers and side people and arrangers and mixing engineers and mastering engineers and manufacturers, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. People who have specialties to make really, really good recordings up to the standards that we we aspire to and it just seemed like a lot of the live stream presentations that were taking place just came off as really bad recordings Mm -hmm. that weren't serving the the music and the musicians um the way that i'd like to as a presenter yeah and and so i didn't feel uh, an, an urgent need to engage um at that time um and and want to emphasize live music for the things that live music can do in person live experiences. Yeah. And also want to emphasize the things that good recordings can do the ways that the good recordings can bring people together. But this sort of neither one nor the other and less than either condition Mm -hmm. of a lot of live stream presentation just struck me as not satisfying. Yeah. Were you both faced with pressure to jump into the live stream game? Because I, I like how bold you were in the way that you, that's one of the things that comes out of that essay that I feel really makes a case for, you know, rethinking, like we're all super imaginative people. I don't necessarily think that falling into the live stream game is 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 here or there. Um, so did you feel, did, were you 
Did you face any pressure from people saying, hey, why aren't we doing this? Uh, I, I don't know if I'd use the word pressured. Um, I think that a lot of it was happening. And if anything, that made it an easier decision. And I think um, just in yeah. all of this, I mean, we're talking now in in this time where things are still pretty uncertain and things yeah. are still being canceled and having to move online. Mm-hmm. And I just think uh, that I'm so grateful that we are in a position where we're able to make that choice. I think that there were people who felt way more pressured where they had no choice. This is how they were going to make their money or how they were going to get the exposure or, or connect in this way um, that, that they just wouldn't have any other opportunity to do so. And we are in this very uh, fortunate position to be able to do what we feel we can in in whatever way we can, uh, where it still feels meaningful. And I, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, I, I did a few live streams. I did one mm-hmm. with you <laughs> just a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah. um, and, you know, it'll be broadcast and people might watch it and, and enjoy it. But the reason why I did is because I got to sit in a room with all of you and make yeah. music. And that uh, is yeah. still the point for me. And it's still the point, yeah. um, I think, for any of the music that we present. A lot of this that's coming up uh, at our festival, it's just such a joy to know that we're giving space for people to be able to connect again and play music together again when they haven't in maybe a year and a half. Um, and that, that joy is going to get to be experienced firsthand by people who will be there outdoors firsthand and get to be a part of that. Um, yeah, I think there's just, uh, so many layers of connection that just aren't, just aren't possible, uh, digitally or through mediated through a screen. It's just not, possible and that's not sometimes what people are looking for but that's certainly what i'm looking for for um the reason to make music or or to perform i'm just going to say that i think the guelph jazz festival city of guelph i've always super admired everything in in that to use scott words scott's word orbit but they are very lucky to have you both um because i really feel that the things that we're going to remember when this thing is officially behind us, which it's not yet, are these innovative points, the the one-on-one series, you know, the structure of that, what did we learn, the um, Arborean tiering, and even the things that you're pre- presenting in September at, at this year's festival that are not like what you presented in, in the history of the Jazz Festival, that's going to help define how, 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 and, how and what we do down the line, I, th- I think. So it's really interesting and inspiring to me to see presenters like yourselves pushing the envelope, not necessarily, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say falling into the traps of, of, of what we've all trying to, we're all just trying to figure it out. Right. So no one's wrong. In any of these attempts. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I really applaud uh, your, your approach to try different things. I think you allude to that in, in, in the, in the paper, right. Mm-hmm. Um, it, 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 it we get out of it stronger. So thank you. Well, it's really kind of you to say, Rich. Um, and Karen made a, a fabulous point, an important point, which is that because of the nature of our organization and uh, let's create no misunderstandings, a lot of generous public support, mm-hmm. we've had the privilege of of thinking through these problems deliberately mm-hmm. uh, and to be able to conceive of programming that 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 does what we want it to do and responds to the conditions that are presented in front of us 
And in our own small way, I like to think that the work we do is that of public intellectuals. We're trying to make certain comments about the role of different kinds of music in society, um, in the local community, in a broader community, um, regional, national, international. And the choices that we make reflects those ideas. Um, and um, I, I, hope, I hope you're right. I hope that some of the choices we've made um, will inspire people to, um, to perhaps think in, in new ways about the possibilities of live music and culture um, for the next set of challenges that we might face in the years to come. Yeah, I think it, you know, in this time that we're still in uh, and knowing that we've come from a time where we everything was so difficult to decide or things needed to be so meticulously planned and labored over and, you know, uh, measuring risk or whatever that it's, you know, I don't know what any of our programming is going to do in terms of like directly inspiring other people, but just maybe as a reminder that it's still possible to sort of imagine things yeah. like in this crazy time where it's like so yeah. hard to imagine things or be surprised by things or any of that, that it's still possible. I mean, it's, it's, and that we should keep working towards that. Otherwise, um, otherwise, I don't know, it would just be such a shame, you know, and like, I know it's hard, but I think it's good to remember that you still can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, you go ahead. I was just going to add to to that that the the artist is of course a creative actor, but the curator is also a creative actor. Yeah. Uh, if the if she or he wants to be one, and we take that to heart. You you are definitely not phoning it in this year. <laughs> <laughs> it's like every yeah, exactly every move needs to be figured out, and yeah. I know you both. Uh, naturally do that so um anyway it runs september 14 to 19 gentle listeners get out to guelph with masks on and uh and support this gem of a festival in our country and community guelphjazzfestival.com for the full lineup and this is an exciting episode with a, a a thinker who has considered many of the things that you are both talking about in that paper, Nick Fraser, who is performing at, at the festival this year. Yes. And was also the star of, uh, of oh God. Arborienteering. You broke the internet. Episode one thirty. tee it up now, Nick Fraser. Teleborg, thank you for welcoming Nick Fraser into our house. Uh, hey, everybody. Here I am while you eat. 
Yeah, well, you eat. It's lot. Li- we are live. I mean, we're, so, not, we're not actually going live to do it. No, but I like the I like the feel of we are live. It just feels better. We could. I mean, we could go live. You want to double stream this to our? You got a ding dong? Okay, fuck it. We don't want to do that. Um, no, I'm barely above Doug Ford in my tech. Oh shit! Uh, yeah, that recent report that came out that he's like rocking 1994 uh, Blackberries is so inspiring. I mean, I'm using, I'm running a Dell system right now, perfect. so we're all family here. We're yeah. all, <laughs> we're all crusty hiding, you know. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, how how do I find you today on this day? I'm good. I'm yeah. good. Uh, you know, uh, as I was saying earlier, I'm retired now. Um, yeah. That's yeah. how I'm viewing my uh, professional life during the pandemic. Okay. And just, okay. You know. That's uh, kind of cool, actually, to, to take that take on it, right? Because I've been contemplating, like, what the fuck is, uh, what is retirement? I mean, like, yeah. What What if well, you were retired? retired? My parents are retired, and they tell me that yeah. it's the same like that life in lockdown is not that different from what their life was before they just don't see their friends as much interesting and uh so my life is quite different but i'm just preferring to call it retirement Mm -hmm. yeah yeah how's your uh how's your brain uh well i mean geez it's a challenge Mm-hmm. It's a challenge. I've been taking these drum lessons with the guy named Bruce Becker in LA, working on hand technique, and I and mm-hmm. I've been practicing. And says says the re- retiree. Eh? I've been yeah. taking these drum lessons with. No, uh, I'm joking about my retirement, right? It's yeah, of course, of course. Yes, exactly. But that's so, a perfect thing to do in retirement. Take drum lessons. Like explore a hobby that you yeah. that you haven't really given full. Uh, that works. You know. It works if I didn't know who you were, right? But yeah, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. So what's his name in LA? Bruce Becker is his name. He's a hand technique uh, guy. And he, um, anyway, just you were asking about my brain and like the yeah. concentration required to practice things that I am, like learn new things on the drums that I haven't learned before. Oh, great. It's significant. You know? Yeah, it's, that's it's so inspiring, man. I've been um, doing the same. I've been taking guitar lessons and trying to unwire some of the, you know, the knots, I guess, or the the, the old ways of doing it, you know. Right. Um, are you trying to, like, uh, in all seriousness, are you trying to fix that stick-on-stick stick shit that you do that you can't seem to undo? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to break some... some poor Bad habits? <laughs> uh, I mean... Um, I have had, I have struggled with repetitive strain injuries and playing injuries for pretty much my whole career. Like since I started getting serious about the drums, like since I was 15 years old. And so every once in a while I have to kind of deal and Mm -hmm. you build my hand technique and, and uh, try to find some new pathways. Uh, Wow. Otherwise, uh, it doesn't look good. You know, you can, uh, youthful, youthful, uh, exuberance can make up for a lot, but, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. now you're an elder statesman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, um, 
what are you picking up from Bruce Becker? Like what's, is he, is he, are you, are you, is he making some breakthroughs in, in any of these areas that you're talking about? It's been good. I've had about five lessons and I'm working on different ways of holding the sticks and holding my body and using the rebound. And, um, it's very simple, very back to basics, but also very detailed. So, uh, seems like a good thing to do. I mean, I spent about a year doing, doing nothing. Uh, really. Oh, so the, so the, yeah, this is relatively recent. If you're five yeah, lessons, I started, I started in February, I think February. That's that's really inspiring, man. And um, why him? Because you figured, hey, let me do some world travel. Like I could do it with anyone at this point, given the state of the world. Well, I saw him on the internet, and he seemed like a very smart, detail-oriented guy. And he's been he's been teaching online for a long time. So I thought, well, he's not cool. going to be just a guy who who like he's got a system of how he teaches. He's, oh, not man. Like he's not like me who just goes like uh, you know with with the online teaching i'm not i'm not very practiced at it so yeah it's a little bit so so is it really like he shows you something you do it like you're not yeah, doing yeah. anything he sends, me, he sends me videos like he he makes a little video of himself doing the exercise so i at the end of the lesson i'm not mm-hmm. going like oh what was that thing again it's like i get the video that night and i can watch it and i can work on it no oh, cool yeah, man, I admire it. I really do. I think it's like um, <clears throat> you're just I have so much respect for your work and the way you go about it and how serious you are about it. You know, like I just um, and I love the fact that you're 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 studying right now. You're you're, well, you're continuing to kind of move forward. You know, well, there's only that. That's the only direction we have. It's forward. As far yeah. as I can, as far as I can tell. So far, so far. Yeah, yeah. I, I we may question that as we go, but uh, <laughs> um, but let's go back. Actually, let's go back. So you're 15, and where where did you grow up, and and how did you get into this mess? Right, early, early retirement. Right. Okay. I grew up in Ottawa. Well, okay. Wait. Before that, I grew up in Quebec. Uh, I lived in Quebec City till I was about 10. Oh wow! And wow, I always wanted to play the drums you know, classic banging on pots and pans and stuff. And my mom hmm. worked for CBC and how did I not know this? Is that how we got onto the Randy Bachman shit? Your mom worked for CBC. Oh, um, possibly she used to, she used to work for CBC. Okay. Okay. And- keep going. Sorry. Stay on track. <laughs> I will not mention his name again. I promise. <laughs> Lord Voldemort. Yeah, exactly. And then the wormhole began. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you're in Quebec City. So I'm in Quebec City. Uh, I'm eight years old. My mom worked for CBC Radio, and she had met uh, an African, like West African guy from Senegal named Ibrahim Gay. Mm-hmm. And those were my first drum lessons, just totally by ear, um, call mm-hmm. response. Uh, you know, he would show me rhythms, just hand drumming, djembe playing. And then later on, we moved to Ottawa when I was about 10. I started taking drum lessons, learning how to read music, high school, you know, junior high band. I went to an arts high school. You go to Canterbury? I did go to Canterbury High School, studied with Christine Hansen, John Porin, Al Ridgeway. When you say when you say you studied, what were you, were, were you in there for drums? I was. Awesome. Uh, there was no 
There was, I didn't mean that. To, that came out wrong. Like, no, no, no. I understand. Um, <laughs> I was officially I was classical percussion. Oh, okay. There was no jazz program. There was no jazz group then. And then I was when I was in grade ten, I think we started like a few of us were playing together, and we managed to convince the school to give us a half credit for mm. for jazz ensemble. That's so charming, though, that you've known this for quite some time that you were on this path. Hey, eh? like it's like. There's no mistake in it. Like my brother's, my brother-in-law's a car designer, and they say he was drawing cars at three and like Whoa. wrote it, wrote it right into the end zone. You know, right? Yeah, uh, banging on pots and pans, and here we are. Here we are. Yeah. Hmm. Um. So where do you go I'm from also, Canterbury? I'm extremely stubborn. What's that? I'm also really stubborn, so I wouldn't, you know. Uh, I mean, I don't know, you know, you work in music education, like, you know, once there's a reward system, yeah. like in your brain, if you, if you play music and it goes well and you practice, you learn something, your brain kind of just goes like ding, 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 ding. And then, and then it, it uh, just feeds on itself. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, uh. Yeah, still, still uh, looking for that crack. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can relate to that. So you enjoy, yeah, man. I mean, so so what are some of those early successes that kind of feel that give you that feeling of like, yeah, I want to keep doing this. I want to, I want to further develop what I'm doing. Right. So, uh couple of things so um recently i found i came across a video so in 1991 i was in again high school grade Late high school or yeah mid high mid yeah. grade grade what nine or ten yeah okay i think it was the summer after grade 10 okay uh, my parents uh, we went on a uh european vacation mm-hmm. and i had been really getting into miles davis and jazz and um bitches brew and Mm-hmm. And Miles Davis was playing at the North Sea Jazz Festival. My parents mm. were like, "Oh, we'll take we'll take the, Nick to the North Sea Jazz Festival. That'll be great." And uh, so I saw all this crazy music. I saw you know Cecil Taylor and Ornette Coleman and oh. Miles and Wayne Shorter and Lester Bowie and John Gofield and Charlie Hayden. You know, on and on wow. and on. Wow! And wow! I saw all this amazing music: John Zorn, Dave Holland, all this crazy stuff. Yeah. And wow. Then wow. I guess the following year, I got back and I started. Um, taking lessons with a guy named Chris McCann. Mm-hmm. I might be getting my timeline a bit mixed up here, but that's okay. okay. Uh, and he was, uh, you know, is a great drum teacher. He teaches at McGill, uh, but he was living in Kingston at the time. And I would go yeah. and uh, take lessons with him every couple of weeks. And I started playing mm-hmm. with um, uh, some people who are it's a lot of people who are still active. There's Steve Ragley, a guitar player in Montreal, and Penny mm-hmm. Paul is a violist, also in Montreal. Uh, mm-hmm. Kenji Ome uh, is a tenor saxophone player, and then a little bit later on, Justin Haynes and Jordan O'Connor. We had a trio, and okay. we were playing every week at this place called Cafe Whim. 
and just playing jazz standards and Justin's tunes and free improvising and and are they are they older than you, Justin and Jordan? They're a couple of years older than me. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Justin's not that much older than me anymore. Yeah. It's <laughs> one way to look at it. We, we catch up. Yeah. Um, speaking of time travel, so so you 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 connect connect with those guys through Kingston or Ottawa? Ottawa. 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 He was yeah. Kingston. I would take the bus at the, at first and go like somebody recommended that I go study with this guy, mm. and so I went and would take the bus and on a Saturday and take lessons and yeah yeah hang out in the afternoon and listen to records and yeah yeah I love you know I love I just love hearing about people's music educations and like what what they look like what it entailed yeah you know. There's always hard work in the mix, of course, but it's just like the, the other stuff too, right? Like how important it all is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I think the, like, how do I put it? Hmm. If also, I should say this, that, that I was also playing punk rock with my brother. That's right. You know, you emailed me some shit about your brother saying you think I would like it. And I did. It was really right. off off it was really abnormal really great <laughs> <laughs> well, why thank you yeah yeah um yeah we had a band called permanent stains and i played in a metal band called jerks at play this is all like yeah wow junior high you know okay and, and um okay but but it kept going i mean we did a 30th anniversary yeah that's right permanent stains, you know yeah and so um, like I always think in terms of education, it's like, yeah, okay. I had amazing experiences just casually playing with my brother and doing mm -hmm. that thing and taking drum lessons and doing that thing. And, mm -hmm. and, um, also at an arts high school, learning mm -hmm. about classical music and mm -hmm. also learning to play jazz, like all those things I think were equally important in terms of my education. Like I wouldn't yeah. say yeah yeah love you know, it if i had to take one out i was i'm not i i don't know what i could lose out of that mix that's powerful yeah yeah and i believe it i think it's all what makes up for it and that that's why i really am the more i talk to people the i really am noticing like it's not about formal education that i'm as interested in as like the it's that comprehensive model right it's mm -hmm. it's it's you know, going to that that festival that you mentioned and just getting your your mind blown at just the right time by all those artists that you named. It's like that that changed your life, right? Most certainly. Yeah. yeah. Um and and so so you're in high school and you're already also learning how to juggle like you mentioned a jazz band, a metal band, a punk band. Like you're already doing the Rolodex of genres and like and Trying, trying. Well, yeah. Yeah. Because you know. I see that, like, that's who you are now is like. I mean, maybe. Yeah. You know. Yes. Yes. And no, I think, because like I, I did sort of settle more into jazz and I did definitely go through a few years of like pretty extreme jazz snobbery. Oh. Um, but, okay. Let's get to that. <laughs> I'm interested in that. So, so, uh, so you, you finish, how does it work wait, for wait, you? Wait, wait. Yeah, I go ahead. Say that, 
that, um, like, <laughs> hmm, I don't even know how to put it, but, but I don't think of myself as a jack of all trades. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like, I don't think of myself as somebody who, um, is able to play quote unquote all styles. No. Okay. No, no. I, and I, I, and, I like, I like a lot of different music. Yeah. It's like uh, somebody, somebody said that, you know, the p- piano player Django Bates. Yeah. Uh, he had a business card apparently in the eighties when he lived in London or maybe still is in London. Anyway, he had a business card that said Django Bates piano one style. Hmm. Nice, and, nice, and nice. I, I think that that yeah. is kind of like a uh, yeah. yeah, I like that. Um, it's a better goalpost than saying like, oh, I want to be able to play all styles. Yeah, you know? I like, I like yeah. it, and I and no, what I meant more so was um, not not that you were all over the place with genres and that that's who you are. I, what I kind of meant was like learning the juggle of just like being a band leader being in so many other projects like you just like it's a universe when we when we get into your work right it's like and uh, yeah uh, it it's i think it's kind of definitely obviously grounded in jazz right like that's yeah so and you you, you started that young just in terms of the juggle i think yeah yeah i think so um and I think, I don't know, you know, uh, I think a lot of people's experience with, with jazz is, mm. uh, like they don't, they don't actually like it that much. <laughs> you know, they, study it. they study it because it's the way they get to, to go to go to school and, and keep their kind of band geek identity. Yeah. You know, but, yeah. but I don't, I feel like I really love it. I really <laughs> just love that music. Mm-hmm. I see I, that. And I want to keep playing it yeah. And, yeah. and keep working on it. And yeah. Uh, yeah. it's due to many of those early experiences, you know, getting, yeah. the, getting, being able to hear certain people or, or whatever. Yeah. And um, so, so, you're in love with by the time you leave Canterbury, you you know it's jazz, it's not classical, it's like it's you're yeah. on a you're on that path. Yeah, then I went to McGill University for uh, one semester and uh, I dropped out. Whoa, I moved back to Ottawa. Uh, I started, I had a gig playing standards three nights a week, <laughs> backing up singers or just as a trio or backing up horn players and so on and you one semester yeah what happened oh man just wasn't what you dreamed of at the time Mm. mcgill was a really conservative school and and i just had a hard time adjusting to that and and okay I don't know. I just, it didn't, it didn't feel like, uh, it didn't feel right to me. Like didn't Uh, meet what your, you have expectations going into university. It's like, this is the thing. This is going to be the thing, right? This is going to be the, I don't know. I think we put a lot of importance on that, on that journey, on that experience. Hey. Yeah, I think so too. And I think, um, 
especially as musicians. Like, I think if you go for like uh, business, you're, you're not going to be like, this is not cutting it, man. This is not yeah. what I dreamed of for business school. But I think for, for music, you have that romantic preconception of what it's going to be and what it's going to do. Yeah, well, that's the thing is that you th- I thought that I was going to find my people. Yeah. You know, and then... That's interesting, and, yeah. And I, I, I didn't quite find my people. And then I thought, well, wait, wait, maybe Justin Haynes and Jordan O'Connor, and maybe those are my people. Maybe oh. I should get back to Ottawa and go, and play with those guys some more, and get, you know. Yeah. And uh, so... So you that's did. What I did. That's what I did. I mean, and, and I guess I was right. I mean, who knows? Who knows? I could, if I had stayed there, maybe I would have found my people. So who knows? <clears throat> that's the that's the joy of this, right? We only know it unless uh, t- the time travel does happen. At which point, have fun reliving that shit. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'll I'll miss my ear training exam again. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. This is great. Um. Okay, so so that so so you ride that out. That's and and um, is it cool? Like, are you are you starting to feel like by doing that three nights a week and building off of that in Ottawa, you're you're moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I only did that for about a year, year and a half, or something like that, and okay. then I moved. Jordan and I moved to Toronto, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, we we. I mean, what I feel like when I first got to, I was living with a guy named Dom Solol. Yeah, bass uh, player. Maki. Maki. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we were Fuck. living in a house together, and with a piano player, Josh Latour. Okay. And and uh, that was one of the only times in my life where we, I've really had like the music house where we're playing all the time, you know, and there were always sessions and recordings happening. Wow. And, wow. And. Uh, and practicing and and just you know jamming together in the kitchen and stuff like that that yeah well that was a really fun time oh that's exciting to know that you've lived in a a jazz house yeah (laughs) i've always wanted to you know i I would visit sly and tom and that was a jazz house on foxley Mm -hmm. i used to love that vibe of like yeah it seemed like there were always there was always music going on um i love that feel so were the the folks from like uh was peaches and feist and all those guys were coming through and uh what's his name yeah the shit shit and uh, that was my favorite band yeah they were great they were we shared a stage with them way back when i i loved them yeah so you were in with that that whole scene you were living in that house with the shit living in that house with with dom and uh yeah amazing we played it i played uh i mean this was my first band when i moved to toronto was playing in dom's hip-hop band we played at a place called the beat junkie Hmm. every saturday night and uh it was like a we would play us we would play two sets and the last set was a hip-hop open stage lots of rappers and 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 uh amazing that was fun that was fun different for me Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. Uh, and are you studying at that time too like or uh i i started studying with jim blackley when i moved to toronto again like the time uh 
I get a little mixed up on the, yeah. on the chronology, but but yeah, I studied a little bit with Jim Blackley, and then I would in 1996 I went to um, Gunther Schuler ran this camp in Idaho called uh, the Sandpoint Institute or the the Schweitzer mm-hmm. Institute of Music in Sandpoint, Idaho. Oh yeah, and uh, I went there and studied with a guy named John Riley, and then I ended up going down to New York and studying with him. Hmm. Um, and he was amazing. I mean, he just like he was the first kind of super American. I and mean, I was really cocky. I was like 20, 21 years old, mm-hmm. and he he just busted me one time. One time he he said, "Nick, you're so sure of all your opinions." Oh. That your life might as well be over. Oh fuck! And what a line! <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what a line! And uh, you know, like at the time, of course, I'm just like, like I've just been stabbed, you know. But 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 I really feel like that changed my life. And I once, you know, I mean, I studied with him for a number of years after that. Yeah. yeah. And one time I said, like, do you remember what you told me that you know that that this one time and uh yeah and i told him and he was like huh oh, no i i don't remember that that's <laughs> you know he's like he kind of tried to deny it he tried to say like ah i don't think i'd say that i was like oh no you said that and and like the fact that he didn't even remember just made it for me that much heavier like like yeah. that he just changes people's lives you know before yeah and forgets it yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great line so uh so he obviously, needless to say, had a great impact on you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Tore a strip off. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah, you've never, you've never struck me as as cocky. I mean, but you, goddamn, have you always had like, have you always been a monster, like as a player, like as, or did this kind of like, so you knew you had like chops back then when you were in your early twenties, hey? Maybe. Yeah. I mean I was serious. I knew I was serious. I don't I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I listened I listened a lot. So it was all you know, in terms of like knowing records and knowing you know, I've always felt like oh yeah. I I know a lot <laughs> about <laughs> music that yeah. other people other people who might be equally serious, they don't they might not know as much. And I didn't wasn't shy about saying like you know, uh, hey, you should listen to this, this, and the, this, or, you know. Okay. You know, yeah. I mean, it also took me a number of years to realize that I could have an opinion and not state it. Oh, there you go. Okay, 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 <laughs> no. okay. Con- control. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, man, I, I, elder statesman, I really feel it. I like, I, I like that. I like that because we're about the same age and um, that's a fucking art form. That's been a long journey and I'm, I'm not, I'm not succeeding. <laughs> I, I fucking talk too much and say too little, you know, it's like, it's, but I like the, um, but, but the thing is, once you get old, people want you to talk more rich. That's uh, <laughs> okay. I'll go with that. We'll go with that. Um, permanent stain. Speaking of, I've got some here on my desk. Jesus. Sorry, I should keep focused on our talk. <laughs> um, so, uh, listen, I've heard a lot about Jim Blackley. Like, a lot of the drummers I know in, in the city of Toronto have 
come across him? Like, what what did he impart on in in your uh, in your life in your work? Impart uh, on or impart in? Impart on your life. This is this is gonna. I don't know, but this is gonna be a tough one mm-hmm. because I. <laughs> Wow, I mean, I'm trying to figure out how. Uh, I'm trying to figure. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how to put it um, delicately or like diplomatically. But basically, he and I didn't get along, and <laughs> I didn't last that long with him as a student. Okay, and I felt like he was not. Um, yeah, I felt like he was not what I was after as a, as a, that's cool. That that's actually cool to me because it's like, you, you know, you know, so many people's paths in education stop when someone like that comes along. Mm. And so what you go to New York from there, you mentioned him in passing was the New York experience with what was his name in New York? Sorry, pardon John me. Riley. John Riley was that was more impactful for you, hey? Definitely, definitely. Yeah, you clicked. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't know that. For some reason, I thought when I heard, you know, I've just been paying attention on this Jim Blackley. Like that would be a podcast unto itself to just interview all the drummers who did time with him, and I'm sure it clicked with obviously with some more than others. Many, yeah. Many, many. Yeah. 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 Um, and I always felt like if I if if I could have ignored him, mm. if I could have ignored some of the things that he said, I mean, okay. talk about opinions, you mm-hmm. know, like, and just got the drum shit from him, then I I would have kept going. I would have kept going, but I would just get so angry okay. every every uh, lesson. I, so I can I, relate. Yeah, yep. I just quit. So he, so he, so you, it, let's talk about the, the paths not chosen. Had you stayed with him, what do you think you would, like, what, 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 would it have changed your playing or do you, are there regrets there or do you feel like you got to the path to where you need to be in just a different way? Yeah, I think so. Also, huh. I mean, when I, Chris McCann was my first teacher who I studied with in high school. Yeah. He was a student of Jim's. There you go. There was a lot, a lot sure. of the same, and the material, you know, when I went to study with Jim, a lot of it was the same. Maybe a slightly yeah. different approach, a different, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, Just, there were differences, but okay, but, uh, a lot of the material was kind of similar. And so, the part of that you were talking about expectations around university. Part of it was like, wow, I'm, I'm like going to my teacher's teacher. I'm, I'm at the to, source. I'm going yeah. to the master. I'm going yeah. to like grad school, you know? Yeah. And, and, and it didn't, it just didn't turn out that way. Okay. So, I like yeah. that. I'm, I'm digging it. And um, do you want to talk about, no, we'll just leave it. I don't I, I didn't want to really get into. So what kind of shit was being said that you just couldn't. Oh man. I mean, he would say this, you know, so-and-so drummers don't swing like Jackie Jeanette doesn't swing and Max. swing, And like, I see, uh, I see. And, and (laughs) I mean, 
Like, first of all, aside from it, like, I think you might as well, if you're telling a jazz drummer that he doesn't swing, like, you might as well call someone the N-word. Like, it's, I just don't think that that is mm. okay. Mm. And, uh, secondly, we're not just talking about anyone. We're talking about Max Roach. <laughs> you know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or Jack DeJanet. So, mm-hmm. like, uh, mm-hmm. I just ah. feel like you don't, you, you don't get to some you don't get to an elevated place by simply playing favorites and and you know mm-hmm. like i want to i want to experience the entirety i'm i'm st- here to study this art form and i want to experience the entirety of it yeah i you dig know? it i'm i'm glad i asked I, 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 it's nice to hear warts and all you know like i or do you also, teach also sorry yeah i mean we're you know this is the the entering the realm of the stuff that i that i um you know wanted to put diplomatically but he would withhold information you know which i don't i don't like he'd say you know oh like i'll i'll we'll talk about that when you're ready and stuff like that and i i i I can't get with that like i really i can't i'm uh, fucking hungry i'm fucking hungry yeah well there's that but right yeah, and he sort of styled himself as a a guru. And I mean, I told him, I told him when I quit, I said, like, I'm looking for a drum teacher, not a guru. And, mm-hmm. Oh, that's the other thing, is when I quit, wow. I quit and, and I told him why I was quitting. That's cool. You know, and he lost it. Lost oh, boy. It. <laughs> oh, boy. Like, oh, he's boy. yelling at me, like, I'm head up my ass, I'm never going to make it, and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's- anyway... Uh, yeah, no, I I, I don't want to. I like look. I like reflecting on those relationships that didn't work as well as you, because uh, I think it's like that's this is part of the education, man. Like warts and all is like you had to do that to know what you wanted more of and and go in a different direction. I, I it all makes sense to me. I'm not I'm not saying it's like uh, it's all uh, some bullshit cosmic destiny, but I do I really appreciate the those weird paths where it's just like, Oh, we don't jive at all, but I'm learning a shit ton because of it, you know? Right. Right. And I mean, I did learn a lot. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm uh, evidently, evidently I was going to ask my follow-up question for that was going to be, do you teach? Do you do a lot of teaching? I think you do, right? I do. Uh, I mean, I teach at U of T and, uh, I get, I don't know, six or eight students a year. So it, it's not, and I, I teach some privately, but not, not that much privately. And that's a nice, it's a nice pace for me, or at least yeah. I'd say while I'm being a, before, before my retirement. Yeah. I was going to say for a retiree, that sounds like hard work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, before my retirement, it was a nice pace. For yeah. Me. Yeah. Um, no, but I, I mean, the, all of this affects that, right? So have you laid the line on any of your students? Um, you know, with uh, arrogance like you're <laughs> displaying here, you might as well not uh, even be alive. <laughs> Sorry, my paraphrasing was bad, but... I liked it. Um, I haven't quite, I haven't quite uh, got there. But, but it taught you, even all your Blackley stories there, it it taught you who you want to be in the classroom, right? Like you are. Yeah. And definitely 
so when I studied with Chris McCann, it was all about the material. It was all about like, okay, play this thing for me and I'm going to critique it. I'm going to tell you like, no, move your hand here and do and play more like this and put this note more like here. And, <laughs> and I mean, he heard me play. Mm-hmm. He would never offer any kind of musical critiques. And then the first lesson I had with John Riley, he said he was like, he had heard me play the night before because we we're at this camp. And he said, there's this phrase you play all the time and it sounds stupid. You shouldn't play it. And, 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 you know, this is, this is why he explained it to me. Like, and interesting. And I thought like, basically no teacher had ever said anything like that to me. And I would, you know, I was like, Whoa, that's It's pretty bold. Yeah. 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 And, And, um, so I try to hold, kind of both those approaches, like the detail-oriented approach and the more specific musical critique approach. And if if, if Riley was able to unpack why it didn't work, you went along with him for the ride. It wasn't just like, uh, I'm going to tear a strip off of you because I'm insecure. It wasn't, he's not, he wasn't a hard-ass sort of for the sake of being a hard ass. Yeah. Yeah. He cared about your development in, in other words. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Um, do you need to take a break? Are you feeling okay? I'm feeling great. Let's play some music. Let's play some, I'll, I'll, uh, slip it in after, but can we play, um, I don't know. What do you, anything inspired by our talk so far that we can cut? Uh, uh shit i went to, i meant to make a list damn serious i'm honored let's play your list i said i meant to make a list i didn't make a list <laughs> no let's let's play it so what did you put sir i'll stop oh, fuck I... i'm pulling up the permanent stains uh band camp right now it's god damn it very, it's i love it here we go well let's play some permanent stains i mean you don't have to play it just give me a title green sucks it's only okay. one minute long, so, you know. Okay, here it comes. Let's take a one-minute break with Green Sucks. God damn, man. So that's, you guys recorded that Green Sucks, Permanent Stains. You recorded that in Ottawa? Mm, this was early 2000s. Oh, sick. So is your brother still at it? Is he still a weirdo? Oh, no, sorry. This track was nine, 1997. But uh, is he still a weirdo? Yeah. Yeah. Weirdo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, is he music? He's a musician or what, like what's his? Yeah, he has a band called... Uh, world provider okay he's the world provider and uh (laughs) amazing amazing um 
less active these days because he has a, uh, I think, six-year-old son. Okay. Uh, So the last few years, he hasn't been touring the world. Is he in Ottawa or? In Montreal. In Montreal. Great. He has a podcast much like yours. It's called What Is This Music? Very cool. And where he interviews musicians. And uh, I'm with each passing episode, I'm getting more and more uh, insulted that he hasn't asked me to be on his show. Oh, now this won't help. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's that's great. I can't wait till this comes out if he doesn't beat me to it. Um, uh, So good, man. That's awesome. I love the fact that we played of all of your catalog. We're playing permanent stains. Yeah. No, no, no. We'll get into it. Let's improvise your list. I, I like the fact that you were considering doing a list, Nick. That, right. That's so exciting. So I want, I mean, we already mentioned Justin Haynes. Yeah, yeah. Play. We have a duo thing. It would be nice to play that, something. Yeah, yeah I agree. I was going to, I mean, talk about Justin in your life, if you can, about the, uh-huh. you know, if, if you're if you're okay with it. I don't want to, yeah, I mean. Of course. I mean, just... I mean, talk about somebody who, as a young person, you go, like, what is a serious musician? Like, what is a talented musician? And just to have somebody mm-hmm. who was a couple of years older than me who wanted to play with me, mm-hmm. who we would listen to the same records and get along, and, and, and mm-hmm. you know, just to have somebody who was that um, talented and serious as a as a model and sort of a mentor uh was pretty special you know did did you guys go to high school together or how did you meet uh i jordan and i went to high school together until jordan dropped out like jordan dropped out like uh i in i don't know september okay <laughs> still september <laughs> but uh yeah. and then and and so we had played together a little bit yeah and then, I don't know. They they just asked me to play one of these yeah. gigs. Funny how it goes, eh? You know? Funny how it goes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Justin was like an extremely complicated guy. Mm-hmm. But really in the in the early days, he was just very uh, like a kind of a born leader. Like he was mm-hmm. writing music all the time, very serious very uh you know smart and mm-hmm. i mean not that he wasn't those things later on but mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. he did kind of spiral a little bit i mean mm-hmm. somebody said the creative spark became a forest fire <laughs> whoa i know great lines <laughs> yeah great lines uh hmm. yeah i mean it's it's sort of like we didn't really work together that much in the last 10 years of his life because he was just, there was too much there. It was too difficult. It was too difficult to, to kind of for us to be serious together. Okay. We did some things together, but not, um, yeah, we just, we did find some ways to work together, but yeah. 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 What were some of the most um, 
if we, we could play a, a track or two, what would you what would you pick in terms of like something that means or is special to you and for yeah, obvious well, reasons? What I was thinking of, I don't know if it's if I don't know if it's going to work with the podcast because it's like the tracks are really long. They're like yeah, let's do it. 10, 10, 15 minutes long. Yeah, let's do it. I actually, you know, I, as I said, this is the podcast with you where I'm like, um, oh man, I really want to like, look, I know our time is short. I want to make the most of our time. Mm-hmm. I actually, for some reason, I don't, maybe it's a drummer thing. Maybe it's like, fuck time. Let's just, right. I don't want to also like, um, overstay my welcome. If you get tired, you let me know. I'll, I'll let you know, but I'll I do want to have a meaningful conversation with you. So, and, and let's, let's play the track that you want to play. Of course. Okay. I'm just going to find it. It's Thanks, uh, Nick. Part four, uh, Teresa from 1998, which was it never came out. We we put it up on Bandcamp after yeah. uh, Justin died. It was Jordan's meant. It was meant to be Jordan's debut album as a leader. Oh wow! Oh and, wow! Wow! So it's you, Jordan, and Justin. Yeah, and how oh, nice! All, all improvised except for uh, there's a hymn and Jordan. Thought of making this record when he he moved back to Ottawa to look after his mom who was dying of cancer. Oh wow! Oh, and is that Teresa? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that 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 tees it up. I, I just think it's like a. I mean, whatever. It's a very special recording for me, and as, as I said, like n- very very few people have heard it. So that is a. It's also a multi layered cake of um, life mm-hmm. reflected in art. So thank you, man.
that was that was part four of Teresa uh, and that trio that you really kind of help it it I don't know that that's one of your earlier groups right yeah. is you Justin and Jordan yeah, like from when yeah we were, when I was 15 years old learning learning to play was playing with them and but you re- and you record that when you're 98 you're a little further along and obviously yeah, I was 22 they were 24 yeah. 25 yeah this is great this is great um I want so yeah uh, please I just this um I remember sort of an experience that I had playing with them. We had a mm-hmm. gig on Canada Day in mm-hmm. on the Spark Street Mall in Ottawa. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. We had to play. We had to play. I don't. I haven't had a gig like this in a long time. I don't even know if they exist anymore. Mm-hmm. But we would play like six sets. Okay. Like Great. forty minutes on, twenty minutes off for the entire afternoon. Like, like you know, 2 p.m. to 8 p.m. and then the fireworks would happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um... Very cool. And we... So we're we're playing, and I have this realization that... that, uh... If I just listen Mm -hmm. to what they're doing, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and don't pay attention... To what I'm doing, but just really focus in on what the other people that I'm playing with are doing. Mm-hmm. Then it's gonna go. It's gonna go well. Like it, it was just like a realization that I had. Yeah. Right. That, that that focusing in on the other people that you're playing with and listening is going to um serve serve me well. Like, I like it. Yeah. For me, it's gonna serve me well. And. Yeah. And, um, like, I can't remember again, the chronology, I don't, I don't remember, but Mm, mm, mm. later on we went and studied with Gary Peacock, uh, the three of us, we went and had a group lesson with Gary Peacock and he would say, when something is significant, make it fundamental. So if you have like a significant experience, uh, just try to make that fundamental to your being you know and i think it's just like it's like a model for for all learning i mean the reason that we're able to have this conversation right now is because like like at one time in our lives like english was significant we didn't know that many words we were Mm -hmm. two years old you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and that but then as we'd have so like learning two new words would be a significant experience, but quickly it becomes fundamental. And then we're able to express ideas and we're able to build on that. Right. Yeah. 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 Just through that process of significant experiences being absorbed into, uh, our, ourselves, you know? Yeah. Uh, so that experience on the spark street mall where I was listening to them, to the, like having that be the significant experience. It's like, I try to hold that, you know, nice. As it worked. I mean, it seemed, it seems so like just that moment, but, but like, I love that you had it first of all, while playing Mm. 
on a really weird day in a really weird context. Right. You're like, fuck, I got nothing else to think about here. But boom, this like huge and meaningful moment. Right. Well, right. But but also. I mean, we're so used to I think that. uh, Like it would be impossible to have that experience on a one hour gig. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you need to kind of like get rid of all your shit. Just keep playing, keep playing. And get rid of all your shit in order to go like, oh, okay, now I can actually hear and actually just like not focus on my shit because yeah. I'm just playing the same shit I played last set. And I can't yeah, yeah. You ever, you, ever, you ever think that's the thing about like different, I, I mean, just different approaches to making music, like the seven hour raga or the, you know, the, the, the two day experience, like how some of that might unravel over over a longer i mean here we are nick i'm trying i'm deliberately like the minute i hit record with you i was like i for some reason i don't know why well because i value your brain uh i want as much time as i can get right but i'm i'm disrespecting time in a lot of ways right i'm just like and and it's just like i'm not i i'm full respecting you but like i i want to i want to like i want to play with that right and like the idea of doing a seven hour raga what happens along the way? What changes to your to you as you're as you're just experiencing it? Uh, you know, I, I often wonder about this, right? If 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 we're doing it all wrong in the one hour set, which often seems the case. Well, you played with Dave Clark. I mean, Dave mm-hmm. Clark is is like he's very committed to playing these long sets. Sometimes to it's, it's spiritual. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And- yeah. You know, I, I when you I, love it, yeah. I mean, I mean what, the, the like I've talked to with Michael Herring and and Tanya Gill about this who play, you know, or or played with Dave quite a bit. Yeah, they said that after you know, if they would do a little a little tour, say they they'd go you know go to Montreal and Ottawa, or come back, and then mm-hmm. the next gig that they would do with someone else. They'd play a 40, 50 minute set or whatever. And then they'd take a break and, and Tanya and Michael would be looking at each other going like, wait, wait, what, what, what are we taking a break for? Yeah. We're yeah. just getting going. We, yeah. Yeah. We've got yeah. Three more hours of this. You yeah. Know? Yeah. 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 I, you know, and what you, what you talked about there with just um, listening, it, it almost seems cliche when, when like, if you said that in a lesson, I bet, your student would just go like, yeah, okay, listening while you improvise. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. But I think you're, you're talking about it from a much different, uh, for some reason, it just feels different to me. The way you, the way you, you remember it. When was this Canada Day? What? 19? 19- oh, yeah. 1992. Or- <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it obviously was a moment where like, but it's like, yeah, of course listening, but no, you, for some reason it struck you a different way. It's like, it, it actually meant some, it meant a lot more, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, do you ever think that there's a way that in which you can't try to listen? You could try, try me again. Like, <laughs> Do you ever wonder if there's a way in which you can't like listening is 
it might not be something you do. It might be something that happens to you. Mm-hmm. Like oh, so, oh, so it's not you're you're. It's actually something that you don't need to put effort into. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll attest to that motherfucker. Cause I don't listen at all, man. Like, yeah. Talk to my wife. Exactly. Or anyone I, I cohabit the planet with. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love that. Actually. I'd love that. I'd love for that to be the truth. No, but you need to, li- it's, it's the deep listening thing, right? Like, like, yes, there's, there's active listening and you can try, but like, if you, if you're, uh, is it breathing? Is it breathing? Right. Yeah. Right. I hope so. Like you can change the way you breathe, but you can't, you, yeah. Mm. Sure. We'll never figure it out. Moving on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I want, there's another person that I want to mention. Please. Uh, Please. Is Lena Alamano. Sure. She was somebody I met very early on when I moved to Toronto and she was in the first band that I led in Toronto uh and uh she's a monster trumpet player composer uh band leader yeah and uh we should play something from her new record which is called vegetables let's cue one up let's do it I forget always forget which vegetables are which. Let me find let me find the good one. Okay. I've been doing um Michael Herring's Ki 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 Jung in um oh. in uh that earlier early in the pandemic I was yeah. doing the... I did it a couple months ago and Lena and her mom were in there and me and my mom were in there and it was like um wow. just a just a beautiful hang, you know. But I haven't crossed paths with Lena too much, and I, I really, I really do admire her work and um, her output and um, the way her career and um, Berlin, Toronto, and just um, really love what to see what she, what she's been up to. Give it to me, beans. Yeah, beans are making me fart tonight. Here it comes, beans. Lena Alamano's recent release, and you're 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 drumming on this. I take it, yeah. I'm drumming on it. This yeah. is the 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 quartet. Lena Alamano four, yeah. Okay.
Sweet. And who's in that band with with you and Lena? Is it? That is uh, Andrew Downing. Okay. On the double double bass and uh, uh, Brody West. Alto. Damn. Damn. The, so you found your people, hey? Like you yeah. said it earlier, you went to McGill and fuck McGill, but you you uh, but you found your people. What what has this been like? The, do you, do you feel like you found your people? Yeah, I evidently you found your people. When I look on your website and I look at your discography and I look at your you found your people, man. And I I don't know, I, I'm just so inspired by that. I, I really think you're a musical family. It's a universe, as I said earlier. It's like it's um how exciting is that for you? Like the, the way that you've done it. You're le you're you're leading your bands and but you're also being led in and you're also collaborating in other other contexts. It's so exciting to me. Yeah, and uh, it's really it's these days it's not that exciting. <laughs> no, I always thought the apocalypse would be more exciting, but yep, yep. Uh, like there, you would think there would be drummers at the apocalypse, like for fuck's sakes, <laughs> right? On a mountain with lava, right? That's how it should have gone. Yeah, I volunteer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh. No, it is. It's really, it's been, it's, it's really nice. It's really nice to have a history with people. And yeah, like, yeah, nice. 
build something and there's no way of knowing you know i we we you know yeah. if you hear lena's uh first records like they don't to me there's no way of knowing that that no way of being able to tell the the trajectory yeah oh that's cool you know that's cool you're hearing these voices evolve over time too yeah yeah um which is so special i think that's why we do it yeah i mean uh, so uh i read this interview with roscoe mitchell and um he talked about how so the the art ensemble he talked about the art ensemble of chicago yeah. from the very beginning his idea was that it was going to be something that he could keep coming back to and keep in his oh. life for his entire career oh and like yeah they would you know they did it <laughs> you know Fuck. they just yeah. did their 50th anniversary and ha- more than half the band is dead Man, like the 50th anniversary is like, oh, well, we're just going to play with others, you know, a huge ensemble of Chicago musicians that have been inspired by us and younger yeah. people and whatever. And cool. it's still, you know, how and, special, how special you know, Joseph Jarman, he was in the art ensemble and he basically was only he wasn't even playing music. <laughs> OK, OK. He was only playing art ensemble gigs like he 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 became like a monk. I, I don't remember the entire story, but, but oh, he was oh. hardly playing oh. except, except when the art ensemble had a gig or a recording session, he'd be like, Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, I guess I'll get my horn. And okay. I'll, you know, yeah. and I think well, that's amazing that they didn't, yeah. he didn't yeah. say, he didn't say. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm just imagining how that conversation went. Like, yeah. uh, I'm, um, look, I'm quitting music. Okay. But we have a recording session <laughs> next month. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, I'll do that. Obviously, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't That's be, don't be ridiculous. Feels like the equivalent of your being retired, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, it also feels like a variation on like um, folks I admire tremendously is the the guys in the Nihilist Spasm band who like right. have these like you know po- polar opposite lives, but they still do it for the right reason, you know. Mm. Um, and yeah. And they're, I mean, nobody's active these days, but they're still. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, hey, listen, they are active. They just right. did a, a live stream on the fucking uh, Electric Eclectics Instagram, like literally last month. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, they have that notion, Nick, uh, that you know well, which is every Monday night they have that residency and they have members in their band who are deceased, who they still in, in, introduce. It's, it's the, the concept lives on. It's, it's not even about, it's, it's definitely not about the music with them. Right. I mean, <laughs> you know, but um, it's about the hang. It's about growing old together and, um, and those friendships and uh, the adventures, you know, it's, it's all, all that bundled into and the, and the ritual, that ritual of every Monday night, I don't know, man. Like I, I, I feel like transact resident and like residencies in the city really bring that to life as well. And, um, you know, yeah. How, how busy were you on any given week in the old world? Uh, I don't know, but I mean, I was going on tour quite a bit to, uh, yeah. 
you know, I, I mean, I'm usually, I was usually away about a hundred days a year. Okay. Uh, I recently got this, um, well, I didn't, I didn't get it, but I applied for this Ontario government support and you had to like, um, calculate your year from your, your month of April, 2019 compared to your month of April, oh. 2020. Yeah. And, uh, so my April 2019, I had, I was in Toronto pretty much the whole time and I had 18 gigs. Okay. So there you go. 18. Yep. That seems like an average, average month. Wow. Wow. But, uh, but I've been very reticent about the online music yep. making. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, I've, I've made some recordings in these COVID times with Doug Tielli and with Lena and Brody Great. Duo recordings like, um, remote, remotely like sharing files no, or no. in person, in person. Okay. Uh, okay. with Lena's thing, the, we did a duo recording and then we sent it to some people for them, like Mira Martin Gray and Brian Q and some, some, uh, electro type people who were going to like, okay mess with it and, cool 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 um yeah so there, there's you know there's a little bit of that happening but the in terms of the live streaming thing yeah uh i haven't yet mm -hmm. gone, gone mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. although the guys from peripheral vision are bugging me to okay. get an ethernet cable and a sync space account and uh so okay by the time okay. It's the streets. I might be industry tactics. will keep you posted on where, where Nick is at and his journey of, uh, staying connected. I mean, it does feel a little, it, I get why the reluctance I really do, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, um, I don't really enjoy them like as a listener. There you go. Yeah. There you go. There you go. You know, but let's start there. Right. Exactly. Like it's, you know, and I mean, it's the internet. So I can see like a well-filmed, I mean, the I think I think they stopped doing it, but the Village Vanguard had a had a thing where it was like in the Vanguard, well filmed, yeah, live streamed, cost ten bucks or whatever. Yeah. And I thought, well, well, that's really cool, you know, really yeah. great. But also, like that band has got a YouTube video that I can watch for free. That's like some live live in Europe concert, and and uh, yeah, right, you know. Yeah, well filmed, and it's yeah, you know, I don't know. I hear you. I hear you. I mean, the exciting part is the 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 connection, and mm -hmm. I think forging relationships that might not have been there otherwise. You know, yeah. the the yeah. you yeah. know, uh, but also just for me on an artistic, mm -hmm. uh, like for me taking away the sound in the room like being that's it same room as the sound uh i don't know what it's for i mean i love recorded music yeah but but it's really not <laughs> to me the work i do is all is really dependent on that real yeah. time real yeah. space interaction yeah 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 no, I mean, I, I, I hear you. It, it doesn't, it doesn't translate. Um, 
There's a gap there, eh? Like it's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I can't. I can't wait to get back to it. You know. I mean, yeah. I'll probably do some outdoor things this summer. Yeah. I hope. So. I hope to. You know. Inch uh, back to uh, to whatever it's going to be. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we should play some more music. We should play test number fifty from my new album. That's good. That's good Up- timing. Upcoming. Yeah. New album on Hat Art Records. Yeah, look at you, man! You're like a fucking young Randy Bachman uh, with a dream. Hey, why are you playing? You're you're literally playing all of your own music. Like, way to go, Randy! Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Oh man, you can keep you can clip this one. But <laughs> I heard Randy Bachman the other day, and he played this. He played this song <laughs> called gotta keep the summer alive and it, it's literally it is literally taking care of business like it goes like this don't 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 keep the summer summer alive like it's ice cream weather gotta get the boys together oh my god it's gotta keep okay what's the chorus yeah, you gotta keep the summer alive. Oh God! Oh my God! You gotta keep the summer alive. It is the worst thing. And he played it. He played two versions. He played his own version, and it was recorded by the Beach Boys. He played it the entire holy shit twice in a row. You know, like there. Yeah, I talk about trying to be that humble artist, the guy that doesn't like have to humble brag that he's been covered by the Beach Boys, right? But. No, no, no. He'll hit you over the head. Oh, yeah. The 19 ways he's connected to the Beach Boys. He's going to give you full context. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Here it comes now. What a what a setup, by the way. That was amazing. <laughs> this is sketch number? 50. Five, zero.
was sick. Sketch number fifty from the from the from the from the from from the upcoming release. Uh, if there were no opposites, by Nick Fraser Quartet. Who's in the quartet? Tony Malaby, who I haven't talked about, very inspiring, another mentor of mine. Uh, oh, uh, saxophonist lives in Jersey City, New Jersey. Okay. Um, Andrew Downing, cello on this this time. Cello on on account of who's playing bass. Cello, Rob Clutton on the double bass. That that is cool instrumentation. So what what led you there? Was it like these are cool people? They can play different instruments. I really want Andrew in this band as well. Like the 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 the, the yeah. cello bass. There are these amazing records by Bill Dixon. Yeah, that are have Barry Guy and William Parker and Tony Oxley. And okay. it's a so quartet with two bases. Wicked, wicked. idea. Two bases. Cool, man. Cool, cool. And then I asked Andrew, and he was like, no, I want to play cello. Oh, it. great, great. Of and course. That. <laughs> yeah, that, and, that, that, and that was that, the Nick Fraser Quartet. Mm-hmm. Um, that was amazing. So when does this come out? Well, I'm not sure. It's a European label, and it's a bit on hold. My hope was that it would be out in the spring, but it... Uh, okay, okay. Well, maybe maybe keep me posted on that when, depending on when this comes out, I can align it. Okay, okay. industry uh, tactics. We'll try to put it out at the same time. Would be nice if we can. Um, it sounds great. Um, how do you create? How do you create this stuff? Is it? Are you ch- are you charting this stuff? Like, let, let's get into uh, your your process a bit. I mean, I I, uh, I write some charts. I yeah. write little melodies. Okay. So let's to play together, and but the for me the template is free improvisation, and the the like the the music wouldn't have a lot of meaning if it weren't for the free improvisation part, like the 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 stuff I write. Okay. It's really written, you know, like um. It's a starting point. It's a spark yeah, that leads to the forest fire. Yeah. Okay. Uh. Because the, you know, I think a lot of people sort of capital C composers, they they work on the development, the sort of internal development of the composition itself. Right. Whereas I figure the development is going to happen through the improvising and the performance. Got it. That makes sense. Yeah, so man. Often not. I mean, that that one that we played is probably a little more involved than many of my pieces but mm-hmm. but uh many of them are not very involved at all just a little a little idea what's your can... what's your training on other instruments in order to get that melodic um very limited let's let's talk about it i mean i play a little bit of piano but i, I probably yeah. haven't touched it in in i don't know okay months is it a, is it a is it a but I want to. I like. I like this. We we can't have it all. Yeah, want to celebrate that, man. Fuck. So so. Uh, is that a regret? Is that a, is that a, does that hold you back at all from who you are? You're that motherfucker on stage. Bam. You got that look on your face. This is you. <laughs> oh, God damn! I could see you on the stage at at the Rex. 
Brody and who else is drumming in that band with Brody West? There's two drummers. There's you and Evan Cartwright. Uh, fucking Evan Cartwright. Episode. Uh, yeah. He was just a few episodes ago. I heard that one. The look on your face. Like one drummer. Like where? Where was I going with this? Your, your melody. Any regrets? You you don't have any regrets. No. no. None. You got what you got, man. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I'm going back to school in the fall. Here we go, you motherfucker. He's studying with Bruce Becker full time in the fall. This but is I'm, like you're like Rodney Dangerfield. So back to school, full on retiree. Yeah. Where are you going? Where are you going? I'm going to Guelph, the the political uh, 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 studies and improvisation. But part of me, like part of me, what wow. was so um, that's exciting to me about that was that it's not a music degree. And then as soon as I got in, I thought, oh, fuck, maybe I what? should be doing a music degree and look, figure out how to, how those melodies go, get a bit, become a yeah. better composer. But, yeah. you know, you're, you're going to figure out how to become a better composer. Yeah. It's it, it's going to happen, whether it's English or music. I think you're going to the right place. Right. Guelph is where the donkeys are at. Uh-huh. It's going to happen. That's Guelph. exciting. Holy shit, man. I'm so excited for you. Mm-hmm. I want to go back to school to go back to school with you. That, that, that would just be a dream. Thinking with Nick Fraser. <laughs> uh, so yeah, man. Huh? Should we stop? Yeah, we're going to stop. Okay. But I got I to gotta just talk about your, uh, as we wrap up, like all of these beautiful like go to nick fraser the drummer.com is that your website yeah and dig into nick's discography and i mean like your relationship with brody seems like they're all of these musicians that are in that Definitely. that that discography you know um i don't know man i just uh really admire your path and what you've you've achieved and um well thanks rich you know, I, I'm I'm wishing you well as you as you at now like you're just a continued learning. You know, it's it's really inspiring to me that you're you're that you share that that you're going back to school and um, where do you want to go from here musically? Like, what are some of the projects that you've got cooking? Oh, um, are you making a joke, man? Come on, I, I'd like to have one gig. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah, like, fair I, enough. No. A constant clown, man. Constant clown. Doesn't even know when he's being funny. Um, well, they, fuck. <laughs> there you have it. God damn it. God damn it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm playing. Uh, ostensibly, there's a, some touring in the fall that hasn't been canceled yet. Yeah, uh, that that's kind of what I meant. Is like, or re- recording projects and yeah. such. I'd like to have uh, one fucking gig. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't mean to end it on that damn note. Yeah. Give us, give us one nugget. Give us one golden nugget that if you're a young musician coming up, um, you might share with with our listeners if you can. Oh man, uh, well, Justin used to say that music is its own reward, and I think if you look at it that <laughs> way, then you'll be uh, constantly. Um, pleasantly surprised at what you get out of it because and also you know the other rewards are so so (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah. Gold. What what should we you want us to play a, a we don't have to. Uh I can't think of anything, but you I mean you mentioned Brody West Quintet. Yeah, let's do uh, a- anything. That uh, sounds great. Let me just find it here. Yeah, uh maybe we did a we did like a fast a, a maybe first wave, I think. No, consider it done. So here it comes. First wave from Clips. This is Brody West Quintet featuring the one and only, uh, well, actually not the one and only, Nick Fraser and Evan Cartwright on drums. <laughs> hey, thanks so much. Um, take good care of yourself. Thank you. You too. I'll see you uh, in the in, in uh, IRL sometime. Sounds good. All right.
Wasn't that a joy unpacking the the career of Nick Fraser? Um, you are saying so, you're we're going to see him in September at the Guelph Jazz Festival. Yes, Karen and Scott. That is true uh, with the Rob Clutton Trio. Um, awesome. Yeah. The third member of the Rob Clutton Trio being Karen Ng on alto <laughs> saxophone. Amazing. Um, which is a pleasure to be able to present. Um, Rob's trio with Nick and Karen made to my years, the best record in 2020, uh, in the field. And, uh, Nick is of course all over it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then he's playing in the revival ensemble, which is a 12 piece orchestra playing led by Ted Crosby playing Duke Ellington and Billy Strayhorn's far East suite three times in city parks through the, the, the long weekend. But so much to say about so much to say about Nick Fraser. In fact, I mean, he's played in Guelph so many times over the years, but it's possible that the first time I ever heard him play in Guelph Mm -hmm. was in my band uh, in 2010, playing the music of Steve Lacey. Um, So we have a long track record working together in different capacities in Guelph. Yeah, I was I was just gonna say like he seems to be like when you talk about the uh, the orbit of the Guelph Jazz Festival, uh, Nick Fraser's a planet, yes, <laughs> with a with a strong gravitational force. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because when I when I first started going in like the nineties, I would go to the Vancouver Festival, and Vancouver had a really dynamic scene at the time, mm-hmm. but it seemed like every band had Dylan Vanderscaith as the drummer. And it's not quite that concentrated in Toronto. Toronto has a number of really, really excellent creative drummers, Mm -hmm. but Nick is just so excellent and so versatile um, that it's not surprising that he keeps, uh, he's sort of the fulcrum of a lot of these projects that are Toronto based and we're better for it. Amen. Uh, September 14 to 19, go to GuelphJazzFestival.com. If you want to tweet us, tweet us at Industry Tactics. If you're still on that uh, garbage dumpster known as Twitter, <laughs> otherwise find me at FriendlyRich.com. And we will see you again next week uh, for, a very special, for a very special episode of Keep It Down Over There. I don't want to do another take here of Industry Tactics. Okay. And one more clap for me, I guess.